I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Constellation podcast. Ted, how are you today? I am okay. How are you doing, John? Good, good. And uh, this is the podcast where we are going to hopefully get to the end of our story. Yeah, I'm really uh, excited to get to the end of this outline that we've been um, working through for the last, uh, however long it is now, I don't know, 10 episodes, 11 episodes? I'm not even sure. It's a little more than 10. We've. It's funny, this podcast has sort of worked out in, in sort of rough seasons, right? We had about 10 episodes of figuring out the, the rules and about 10 episodes of figuring out the culture, mm-hmm. and now about 10 episodes of figuring out the outline. Right. I don't know what's next, actually. Well, We're going to have to I, figure that out. I think the script will have to come next. And I don't know. That might take more than 10 episodes. We'll have to find out. But um, yeah, it's well, been, not... we've been circling the drain, sort of starting at the most abstract and like base level and kind of getting more and more concrete and more and more character. And, you know, we just got to keep moving in that direction until we have like dialogue and stuff. Yeah, well, I do. I mean, I definitely agree that a script draft is next. I guess what I'm not sure what that looks like for the podcast yet. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure either. <laughs> yeah, like we'll are, we gonna, are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna like read pages or something? I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll do something. And we'll try to not to not make it too boring for you guys. But uh, yeah, that's but yeah. I guess uh, worth throwing even to the listeners. If uh, all of you listening out there have a thought about what part of the script process would be most interesting for you to listen in on. That might be worth us hearing about. So give us an email or, or tweet us or something. Um, because, yeah, I'm not sure what we should do. We can we can do a little bit of, like, pitching dialogue, sort of like the way you do in a, in a TV room. Um, but I have a feeling that that will get tedious if we do too much of it. Um, on the other hand, yeah, I think reading out loud scripts that we have, you know, pages that you or I have written, you know, on our own to each other might be really helpful and you know yeah that, uh, yeah that might actually make sense i can't i can't tell if that's i don't know we'll, we'll give it some thought off air and we'll we'll get back to everybody yeah but, uh, some things that we're thinking about but yeah let's jump into today's stuff because we've got a pretty exciting um stuff to talk about last time we all remember we got through to the end of uh the third trial including the kind of twist ending that we've been uh trying to hold back on telling you, but we finally kind of had to tell you yesterday, right? Or last time, uh, which is uh, that uh, Zoya is going to actually kill Tim. Um, Moments before he completes his own third trial exactly. and, and kills this priest on this naturalist world. Exactly. Uh, and that triggers, of course, this long flashback sequence where we learn all about Zoya and we went through all of that last episode right. so we don't need to rehash that exactly but now Zoya is our new main character so we filled in her backstory uh, we found out the big thing about her which is that she's been kind of controlled her whole life and is finally kind of getting to a point where she might be ripe for some rebellion and now she's killed this guy she's got her observer with her and a priest who probably thinks that she saved his life and now she has to get safely out of this nature world. And that is going to be the primary sort of action of the last section, what we might call the third act, if we were talking about like movie type structure, 
of this book. And we we fully have some gaps here. I mean, maybe we'll fill in some as we're talking, but there there's just some sort of logistical things about how they how everything plays out here that we don't I'm going to fully admit we don't have yet, but we know where we want to go, and I think that's the most important thing, right? Uh, we want her, we do want her to rebel. I mean, in this moment, she's done this terrible thing, but kind of good because she also saved the priest's life. It's a little bit gray. Uh, I think from our perspective, we know that she pretty much set up that priest to get killed, though. So it's, yeah, it's definitely not, it looks okay from the outside, but it's not like, yeah, she wasn't just saving him. She was, in the moment, it was a, she had to save him. Right, but if we've done it right, there's yeah. been conversations between her and Tim in the in like leading up to this where reflecting back on those, we know that she was like having doubts right. and you know, she didn't want this, right? She tried um, to kind of head it off, but it didn't work and she got herself to this point. She got manipulated into this point by the club and her parents and maybe a little bit of her own desires too, and now she's here and she has to deal with the fact that she's committed this ultimate immoral act uh in this in the constellation where the weight of murder is maybe even stronger than it is in our world because the potential you know life years that you're taking away from the murdered person are practically infinite so at this point too i think we would have made it clear that there's some pretty high stakes here right they're on a world where where death can happen obviously Mm -hmm. presumably the punishment for murdering someone on this world is death right yes i would think yeah uh or something you know comparable at least death if not pain plus death (laughs) yeah yeah it's bad right so and the other rule that we came up with that's relevant here is because like they just want to leave at this point right i mean that's definitely what the club observer wants i mean this is what they came here to do mission accomplished oh yeah from a practical standpoint morals aside that is the goal at this point zoya and the club uh, rap both want to get out of there yeah they want to get out and they don't want to get caught and tried for murder in the process so right that's the that's the immediate challenge and and a rule that we came up with which maybe creates some interesting problems too on top of that is we just d- decided that there's only one entry point into this world right it's kind of arbitrary the that they would do that but why not right i mean they're trying to be a naturalist world it makes sense that they're not just going to have people teleporting in it everywhere right they might have like a designated spot where the portal happens right where newcomers come in and if people have to leave for some reason they leave through there right um and we were saying well you know maybe not everyone can open the portal right it makes sense that if there's a priest class we've already been talking about a priest so we know that there's at least a few of them right uh that they would have the authority to do things like that i mean we also talked about how only the priest could you know sort of bend the rules in any way, right? Like if they needed to change a couple, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like add a new animal to the forest for hunting or something. I mean, there's some some executive decisions need to be made now and then. Right, uh, well, there's definitely like a world creator of uh, 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 somewhere of this world. We don't know if it's one of the characters. We haven't decided that yet. But I think it makes sense that a certain amount of power would be delegated to these priests because this isn't just a natural world. It's a natural religious cult basically world and so these priests are venerated you know and they yeah they are they have some some additional power and one of those powers might be that they have the they are the only ones with permission to 
open the uh, portal room, which, you know, might be in the center of the temple or something like that in the town. Um, yeah, I think that that's like a really strong thing that we have pretty much decided at this point makes sense within this naturalist world that she's in. So then if you're the observer in this situation, the mm-hmm. club observer, yeah, uh, and you don't really have any, any morals to speak of, uh, your play is, you know, take the weapon from Zoya, right? Uh, especially if she's hesitating, uh, point it at the priest, take charge of the situation, and basically, like, you know, march that priest over to the portal and say, like, you're going to you're gonna let us out of here, right? And you're not going to tell anyone on the way. I mean, that's one way this could go. Right. Well, that you can see that that might be the most direct way to sort of just solve the immediate problem of they need to get out of here before anyone other than this priest who already knows finds out about what they did. It's a little bit complicated. I mean, this is part of why we don't have this fully worked out yet, um, so we don't need to, like, go deeply deeply into it but i think um it's a little bit complicated i think it's worth mentioning on the on the cast here that like uh the priest might be in the position where i think the most logical thing for the priest to be thinking at this moment is you guys just saved my life because if you remember the way we pitched this before tim is got the a weapon of some kind right pointed at the priest and he's you know we know what's going on in his head so we know he's hesitating and he's not sure if he's going to go through with it but the priest doesn't know that and then he gets shot by zoya so we go into zoya's mind we hear see all the flashbacks we find out the real truth behind what zoya's been up to this whole time but the priest is basically looking at her going i think she just saved my life so i think she would have a pretty good reason to believe that she could get out of here without further threatening him by just, you know, uh, asking him (laughs) to let her out. Um, But perhaps the observer doesn't want to take that chance or maybe something else happens, uh, you know, to uh, confuse the priest about who exactly is uh, in the right here. Uh, We were also talking about the possibility that there was some kind of a strong taboo against having weapons in this community and if that's the case then maybe the priest despite uh being grateful still feels he needs to turn them in or something like that but well sorry go what were you gonna say well so let's say that um that they do the the easier thing first like they just appeal to the priest on the level of like we saved your life right this terrible thing happened we didn't intend for this to happen right right uh but they're like we want to we want to leave right and uh you know uh, if they all came to this world together at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Like which Tim we were, and which Zoya we were discussing would observer, probably have happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, they might say like, you know what? I, our, our, our friend died. We're distraught. We don't want to be here anymore. We just want to go home. Right. Uh, like let us, let us out. I mean, you could, they could make any, that's like one way they could pitch it. You know, there's sure. like a, any number of ways they could say that. And, and, or, um, you know, this world isn't good for us. Look what it did to him. Or I could think of any number of sort of things you might say to try. But of to... course, the priest is going to have questions because, like, where do these weapons come from? Why did why was Tim going to kill me? Why was Zoya ready to defend it? Like, I mean, this could all be going through the priest's head while they're walking back through the forest. Possibly. Sure. Uh, sure. And and on, on top of that, you can imagine if unless this priest is like the highest level authority in the town, you could imagine they're like, you know what? We need to talk to 
the true authority right now, right? Like that's kind of what you do when you're like in over your head with something like this. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, imagine. honestly, that could be the whole thing. I mean, the priest could, might say, you know, might completely agree with them and say, yes, of course, you guys are going to be venerated heroes. You saved my life. But of course, I have to tell this all to the high priest because that's what I do whenever anything weird happens. And, you know, like that could just be part of the cultural assumptions there. And maybe that's not something they want to have happen because, um, you know, the high priest isn't going to be blinded by the priest's uh, gratefulness for having had his life saved. And he's going to see all the holes in their story and immediately realize that, like, they were walking around with a gun, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's just going to lead to asking questions and all kinds of problems could arise. So, so yeah, so, right. I think that's right. So, yeah, I, I, I guess, do, do you think that's a better way to do it? Or are you pitching that that's the way we should do it? Because I'm not sure what, what it should be. I just well, that could, I mean, that could just be a short conversation that gets us to the same point, right? Because right. if, like, if they make, if they say, please let us go, we're sad about our friend... And and he says, well, I, of course I can do that, but we need to talk to the elders first. And then they're like, and then the, the observer grabs the, the weapon and is like, well, no, actually that's not going to happen. Right. We don't have time happen. for that shit. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to, you're going to march us down there. Keep your damn mouth shut and let us out. And like, yeah, whether the observer does that because he has a good reason to, like we were just talking about, or whether he does it because he doesn't have a good reason to, and he's just basically doesn't give a shit. And he just wants out of this like video game world now. And he's not really considering this priest as like a real person, which I also would buy potentially might be the observer's point of view. Um, either way, whichever of those things happen, we sort of end up in the same spot where Zoya now, um, doesn't feel that she can go along with it. Like her plan was, I'm just going to go along with this and get out of here and, you know, get into the club, make my parents happy, um, get all this behind me. Uh, but now she realizes like, she's not going to be able to do that. Like she's just not morally willing to, to let this go on. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I have no problem making this uh, club observer person just be yeah, as fairly evil as possible. Yeah, sure. Right? So, like, I mean, if that person's, like, clearly, like, willing to shoot their way out of here, if necessary, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's as good a reason as any for Zoya to intervene. But we, we definitely want her to, you know, even to the point of maybe jeopardizing her own escape, I think we want her to choose to, like, put a stop to her complicity in the violence in this moment. I think that's, yeah, that's the that's important exactly choice. Right. Yeah. And I think, right. She's not really thinking through her decision in this moment. So I do, I would buy, like, she's not stupid if, uh, if she does something and it does kind of fuck up her own route out because, um, it's, it's like, you know, it's this sort of basic moral question and she's already been pushed to murder by these people. And she kind of felt like that was a justifiable murder in some ways, but she's, that's it. That's as far as, as this, uh, as this goes for her. So yeah, I agree. Like she's got to make some kind of choice at that moment after the observer has antagonized the priest to fuck up the observer's plan and basically help the priest. So I don't know exactly how that works, but maybe she distracts him or maybe she uh, argues with him or maybe she does something else that allows the priest to get away. When at some point they're going to, they're going to reach town. They're going to be in sight uh, and earshot of other people. Sure. 
there's room for some chaos to happen, like some unintended consequences. Um, overturning of the proverbial apple cart kind of thing. Yeah. I mean the, the, you know, the, the, uh, club observer is trying to get away with something here, you know, like it's not like quite a bank robbery or something, but you know, he's trying to like, you know, get out with like using this, like, like priest as a tool basically. Um, yeah, he's got a that, gun and Zoy- a hostage, and he's also got this woman that he thinks is sort of on his side, who actually is. It's a hostage situation. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and and unless she's got his back the whole way, it's going to be really hard for him to do that. And exactly. especially if she decides to sabotage him, like, I mean, like if it looks like he's going to shoot someone else or do something else worse, uh, you know, she's she's gonna she's gonna intervene and basically like throw the throw the club observer under the bus somehow like that's that's the detail like when i was saying up front like we don't have every detail we don't know exactly how that works we're gonna have to like write that later but we do know the end result right we want her to right right to turn on him i think yeah the exact details of like how she gets him screwed up does she trip him does she whack him on the back of the head when he's not looking does she you know yell something to somebody that I don't know, causes a chain reaction of something else. I think that's something we're going to have to put some real thought into and probably uh, put some thought into planting it so that whatever it is, you know, um, if it is the, uh, you know, cart full of apples that she's, you know, running down the lane, such, you know, you know what I'm talking about. This is like a cartoon cliche, right? Like the, somebody's chasing somebody else and you overturn the apple cart and then they kind of roll on the apples. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, so sort of a, just a visual cliche that's popping into my head of the kind of thing we want her to do, the, the class of thing, you know. And uh, uh, whatever that apple cart is, we just got to make sure we see that earlier, right? We just got to make sure that like when we introduce the nature world and Tim is walking them around and they're figuring out the initial murder plan, you know, they keep walking past this apple cart and the apple cart guy sings an annoying song or something like that like you gotta just like keep reminding people that like this thing exists and then whatever it is she gets in this moment and she uses it it creates the distraction she needs and i think the basic plot event that i think we're leaning toward here is then in that distraction the priest escapes from the observer so um well the observer gets i think leads up to the observer getting caught so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a good idea. And I like the idea of like whatever she does leads to the observer getting caught either because the gun is seen, you know, he pulls the gun uh, uh, and people see it or because of some other reason, like, you know, I mean, he's knocked down in the center of town and like someone grabs him. I mean, like, yeah, he could any, be knocked like, down. Uh, it depends how public it is at this moment, right? It, like, it, uh, it could be knocked down. Uh, he could be. You know, somebody she could tell somebody um, something, or the priest could tell somebody something. I guess any of those are sort of options. Um, but yeah, I like the idea that he is uh, sort of tricked or forced to like pull his gun in front of some people or reveal his gun, and that is kind of how they grab him, perhaps. Or I don't know. I, I it could be some anything like that. I, I don't think we have exactly what it is, but somehow. Something that we've set up before gets used, and she's able to um, turn the town against the observer, which will slow him down, slow his exit from the world down, perhaps slow it entire, you know, perhaps strap him there entirely, or at the very least slow it down so that she has a chance to get out of this world and, and I mean, go on her way. 
I mean, my assumption is that he's probably going to face justice there, right? If we do this the way I, I, it's playing out in my head, right? Like, maybe we don't see that, but, like... I like the idea it, that she manages to actually get him, you know, caught, like, like, caught in such a way that the priest is now going to, you know, testify against him, and he's going to be, you know, uh, whatever they do to murderers is going to get done to him, you know? Um... I mean, if he's like brandishing that. a gun and this hostage situation spirals out of control, I mean, there's no reason he can't actually, like, shoot someone else, right? Like, Oh, he, uh, cer- he certainly could, yeah. I mean... Again, or- I mean, this this is naturalist world, right? Like, shootouts can happen. So, um, I think... Yeah, again, the, the details are fuzzy, but I like the end result that I would be trying to reach, I think, would be him getting caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of her, mm-hmm. right? Because of her intervening, right? Um, because either because she lets the priest go free, and then the priest says he was holding me hostage, he's got a gun, or because she does something directly that causes him to fire the gun or pull the gun or reveal himself in some way. Yeah, well, exactly. One or, or like, the other. Like, yeah. I, I think or any tri- of those tri- works. We just have to figure like out. Like you what said, like the, the like hits him over the back of the head, but he's not. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So I think that's. I think the, and then the next, so like there's different ways to get there. I think we've thrown out some like really crude first draft versions, but I mean, the next challenge is then how does she get out? Cause we do want her to escape. Right. Um, so at first we're thinking she does whatever she does to fuck up the plan and help the priest. And then knowing she must get to the portal, she has to create some kind of confusion. So maybe that's the same confusion that fucks up the observer's plan or maybe it's a uh, different confusion. I'm not sure. Um, but she, anyhow, she creates some kind of chaos. And while that's happening, you know, she has to do a dash through the town, make it to the center of, you know, the temple or wherever it is that the uh, portal is located at. And then the other idea that we talked about that I really like is that, you know, from the beginning, we've known that you need a priest or something to get into this portal. Uh, they're the ones who have the permission. And now that she has done what she is going to do uh, here, she's screwed up that plan. So she knows now that she can't, she's probably not going to be able to get in. So she gets all the way there and she's looking for a solution to the problem. She's trying to figure out how to get in anyway. And then, um, she gets some help basically from someone and perhaps that help comes from the priest himself. If in fact she's, she's managed to help him. I mean, that's another thing that needs to be planted, right? Because we know that there's about, you know, uh, maybe even six months time. There's like a pretty long window that we're going to sort of breeze through, but Mm -hmm. where they all arrive to naturalist world and assimilate right? and assimilate, you know, pretending to be, uh, like real, you like know, neophyte, uh, uh, like uh, devotees. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, she could. She's going to build some relationships in that uh, time, and you know, while they're all sort of premised on this lie, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. You know, there might be a, a one that you know is meaningful enough, and maybe it is literally just the priest whose life she just saved, because that's of course I mean, legitimate. Th- without doing further development, that's the one that pops into my head. But yeah, I agree. It could be someone else that she has formed a relationship with uh, in this world over this time, and if that's the case, then we would just have to show that earlier with some of the Tim scenes as they are planning the murder. Maybe this is a person who Tim is initially considering to kill and then decides 
not to kill or I don't know. It could be somebody else that we've met earlier. But yeah, somehow one of the people that she has met has to help her. I mean, I suppose the other thing is that if she like, like, I mean, the other way you could get there, right? Because like there is this version where in the confusion she gets to the temple and like the only other person there is like the person who's like has the choice to turn her in or help her and decide to help her, right? I think that's kind of what we're sketching. Sure. Um, So that's, there's that version. I think, you know, if literally the observer is like going rogue and like shooting in the town square and like going to get his out no matter what. And like, she's the one that like knocks him out and restrains him. Mm-hmm. Um, and is kind of, she's kind of a hero. Like she has a case at that point. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not something like we don't want to show a long trial or something, but like in the interim there, you might be able to buy that, what happens is like everyone saw that <laughs> what happened, right? right. This one guy went nuts right. and then she was the one that stopped him. And, and like, you could see them like over the course of a judgment deciding like, well, we're going to punish this guy, but with this other uh, lady, we're just going to banish. Right. Um, right. Right. Like, or somebody might, it could be the priest or, or somebody else might come to the conclusion having seen all this stuff. They're like, Oh, clearly you are part of this evil group of people who came here to do murders, but then you changed your mind and helped us, you know? So unlike the, the guy we caught and the guy who's dead, uh, we're not going to blame you in the same way. Right. Like they could kind of come to the conclusion that like, because you have betrayed your, clearly you came here to do us harm, but because you have betrayed your compatriots, we're going to let you go. Um, and that's sort of the same idea. Like we'll banish you, but we won't punish you. Um, and since yeah, you, we're not like since big, you want to leave you know, anyway, you can just leave. But then, the, you know, this guy, the observer, you know, we're not letting him leave. Like he's going to face justice here. <laughs> right. We got to make an example of somebody right, here. Yeah. Right. Um, so maybe that's I could see that being possibly what happens. Although I think personally, like just thinking about it, I prefer if she still has to sneak out somehow, just because I think I prefer the vision of this kind of naturalist cult that has them being, I think a little more dogmatic and a little less rational and like a little more bloodthirsty, maybe. Um, it's obviously they don't have to be like that, but I just sort of, I think I'm imagining this naturalist cult world to have a little bit of the feel of an American Western, you know, a little bit of like a kind of ruggedness, like almost by choice, you know? Um, I mean, one thing that might give us some more flexibility because rules in this, place are going to be arbitrary i'm not sure that this makes it i mean i think it, it makes the most sense that the priests just have extra permissions right they that have makes a better sense to me yeah. contract. Mm-hmm. uh you know if it was contingent upon some sort of artifact like a totem that the priests carry i see uh-huh. um then she then, could steal then that ha- or something yeah it becomes this fungible object that she could like get a hold of mm-hmm. uh it just gives us a few more options like in that trying to write how this plays out right because then she could just stump she could pick up that object in the mess and then just run out right like that would be sure i mean yeah i don't know if that makes like it seems a little less hard to justify why they would design it that way i suppose right i was just thinking that in my head actually as you were saying i was thinking why would they make it like that and i I, one way one thing that i could think of that might be why they would make it like that is that uh i'm not gonna be able to say this eloquently because i'm just formulating it but like um as if as part of the naturalist sort of cult they have decided that you know 
extra permissions being carried by your, you know, contract is not natural. And, and so, um, we need to have some access to these sort of like non-natural things so that we can create new livestock or let people in or out of the world or do some basic things. So all those administrative functions are going to be like instantiated into this physical object. And then like that makes it into a more like egalitarian cult where like no one is the leader or like every day, a different person is the leader for a day and that person holds the object or, you know what I mean? Like it, it almost, it's like you would, you would design it that way if you wanted intentionally to sort of push that power around freely. Right. Like everyone right? does like a tour of duty, like a year as a priest or like, and right. you can be fired and like have to turn over your, your key pendant or whatever it is. Something like, like that. Uh, right. Everybody gets called up at, or it's a lottery or whatever, you know, or something. And then, yeah, I think if something like that was the case, then maybe they would have intentionally designed it that way to like, really de-emphasize the cult leader and more emphasize the cult, you know, which is like a certain kind of cult design that might be successful. I also like Um, the idea that it could be just a way of grounding it because if they're really like naturalists, it might be like this idea of people having magical permissions. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. That's not natural, right? Like it's much more natural if we like instantiate it in an object that we say, you know, like has like even it, maybe they even like theme it more like it's like if it's the, something that opens the portal, or it could gate, be a key. It could literal literally be a key, right? right? Like because that's even though that's still magical under the surface, it's like it's less blasphemous because it's not like a magic portal with like a whirlwind circle that you open with your hands, like some sort right. of magician, right? Right. Um, like so that actually. I could justify it along those lines too. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So that's an option. I mean, I don't think we have to go that way, but I do think that's that's a possibility. And I kind of like the idea that like the door to the portal is literally just locked with a key, just like a literal key. And, you know, every priest has a copy of that key around their neck or something. You know, it could be as simple as that. And like... Like, it kind of makes a lot of sense, right? Actually. I mean, it, what I like about that is under the surface, that is the permission structure. But on the surface, it is a totally naturalistic, makes sense with m- normal rules, you know. So I could I could see that being something that is both instantiable in the in the constellation and also, you know, meets the requirements of the religion. Yeah. And there's also like, you know, the key also unlocks like the back door to the church, which is where the like, you know the 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 gun that like prints crazy stuff is right like uh not a gun but like the right like, right you know, sure the conjuring stick or whatever the, the fabricator you know, ho- or whatever holds the uh holds the power to like make new sheep and maybe like once a year the priests are allowed to come out and like make the new sheep or something you know whatever like yeah i, I like maybe there's a ritual for it maybe we even saw tim and uh zoya and the rep um like participating in that ritual earlier you know it was sort of like a like a harvest ritual or something you know uh, or fertility there's a conjuring stick then that has to figure into this right i do like a conjuring stick i mean i just (laughs) someone's got to get a someone's got to get a hold of the conjuring stick and then generate apple carts with it i mean just i I just yeah now i want to see a conjuring stick um I, i do like this idea of imbuing like natural objects with magic powers uh as a way of keeping the permissions 
egalitarian, but still having the priests have like special status. I think that's very cool. Um, we should think more about that. I, I like that idea a lot. Well, and that just, yeah, I mean, that gives us more story options because I, well, I think it would be poignant and satisfying if she persuades an actual priest to help her. Yeah. If we find that that just doesn't, we can't, ju- we just can't justify that because the situation has gotten too weird at that point, then uh, having an actual key that she can just steal, get it gives us another way for her to escape, which I think is useful to us as writers while trying to figure this out. Yeah. Um, so long story short, uh, she, she turns on, on the, the club member, club member gets caught. Maybe he gets executed. We don't see it. Uh, but, uh, she escapes with her life, but, um, she's made her choice, right? I mean, she's chosen, uh, to turn her back on, on this awful club. So right. After some- going through all of this shit, including murdering somebody for this club membership, she has decided to not actually take the club membership, which is, I think, a pretty intense decision. Yeah. And this is going to obviously disappoint massively her parents so right that's another point that we should bring up which is we we talked about how we're going to have all those flashbacks sort of filling in all the background of her story all the sides of scenes we didn't see and the hidden scenes we didn't see uh one thing that we'll potentially have to do is really really make sure we hit what the stakes to her for not getting into the club are um, because that helps justify the murder and then also it helps justify the, you know, it, it helps provide stakes to when she does just make this decision to, uh, to let it all go away. Um, yeah, I mean, on the high end, she could be facing, uh, you know, a club that's very powerful in the constellation that's going to, you know, ban her from all sorts of places and right. be out screw to up her reputation her. on any reputation tracking worlds that they control, which could be a lot of them. And we saw what they were willing to do to, to Tim, right? So, like, she, for, the, you know... Right. They, they, and it might be hard to lure her to another uh, naturalistic world after this, but uh, until she re- leaves, she's still very vulnerable. But all oh, they've got oh, in the thing constellation that we could have, is... I just thought of this, John, is other people from the club potentially could show up to this world. Um, it depends on how long this all takes. But if it takes long enough that they start to worry or something, we could have more people show up. And that could sort of be a wrinkle in the plan at some point. Uh, uh, why, why, why are they, are they showing up to observe the murder or are they showing up to, no, it because... would have to be like, no, I don't know. They'd, they'd have to be showing up to, you know, to investigate what was going on. This, you know, why they've been gone for months or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have, well, a, I don't have like... an answer for that yet, but just occurred to me that if other people show up from the club, that could be another wrinkle. Right. Or, or, uh, there could have been another club member all along that was, Right. That was in disguise. That was there, just like planted there from the beginning or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about that in the way back. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's a, that's a good idea to flag. Um, but yeah, I mean, once she's out, other than ruling her reputation, I mean, you know, all you've got in the constellation is time if you live forever. So if this club really holds a grudge, you know, it could be bad, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, your- they could definitely come be coming after her for a long time. 
They could make it impossible for her to go to lots of popular worlds that she's, you know, spent a lot of time on already. Um, so it's a big, and her, it's a big choice. And her parents might disown her. Sure. I mean, we, even maybe kinda... should even say that outright, right? Like maybe we should just have that be the threat in the flashbacks. Yeah. They might even have to. I mean, if they've got uh, some sort of like, you know, uh, I mean, they're, they're players, uh, but so is the, the club, right? Right. You know, they're, they're, if they're equally powerful, you know, this, this is a problem, right? So like she, like if she's like an enemy of the club and they still embrace her, then that's like war, right? Maybe, I mean, to the extent that you can't really have like true war in the constellation, but you know, you get political reasons. They might even have to disown her. So, right. Um, so that's, you know, that's a strong choice, but it's, you know, I think from the audience perspective, we want it to look like the moral, the right choice, really. I mean, like, because, you know, it, it, and I think it's, it's all in like, what was the, in that last sequence when they're escaping or trying to escape, like, what was that club rep willing to do? And like the more, right. How far was he taking it and how close to like killing an innocent person or something was he when, you know, when she decided she couldn't hit, you know, she couldn't be part of this. But the other thing that we might be just, you know, aside from it's sort of whether it's moral or not that we might be rooting for if we've done our job with the flashback is like she's she's choosing for herself. Right. Like if, if we've done the, the, the flashback sequence right, we've seen her be controlled uh, by other people's influence her whole life. And this is like her taking charge. And that should that should feel I'm hoping satisfying. And uh so Sunesh, but she's kind of on the run. Mm-hmm. Constellation is big, though. Like, there's nothing to stop her from visiting far-flung worlds and, and starting over with new people, new friends. Visiting, um, yeah, so, and also remember, she is a skilled world designer, so she could also spend some time building new public worlds and trying to kind of, you know, make her own corner of the Constellation. Um, but I think we had, like, a particularly specific and maybe useful thought as to far as like what we might see her doing with her newfound freedom. Yeah. Um, which like you had sort of pointed out earlier, uh, that when in trial, it is what trial two, right? No, or is it trial one? No, it's trial one. Yeah. In, in trial one, oh. uh, Tim is supposed to find a, a weird world as a tip and he ends up finding this world that's oh, like right. yes. sort of run run like a, like a cult with like the people there are trapped and they've like never left. Right. This is how he ends up beating trial one is that he offers his services to this kind of fucked up world. And one of the specific little tests that we wanted to give him was uh, there's some kids that are trapped, like adult children that are trapped in this world because they were born there and they don't have control of, you know, their own home world. And their dad is like a, a cult leader. And so as a result, uh, they are they are trapped there and it's kind of pathetic. And he experiences that and like could help them and just basically doesn't. And that that was like a kind of early moral test for Tim that he kind of fails. That was what we Yeah, did. but... It- but he gets the tip because he does the work and he installs a back door. And As part of that, the work, right? He has to install a back door because that's how he's going to let the uh, the club in. Right. Like to prove like, like in order to share the tip. Um, and so Zoya is going to see it because he thinks he's sharing it with Zoya. Zoya is, of course, sharing it also with other club members. 
But Zoya is going to visit this world at some point. She's going to have to kind of act like the tour guide in a way because she's trying to say that I found this world. Well, um, I don't we decide- know that it's clear that she necessarily has to go with them. I mean, I, that's possible. We could do it that way. But I also think it could it could just be that, um, you know, she passed the uh, the tip on from Tim. And then just maybe even in a conversation between her and Tim, he might have told her, you know, about there were these kids there. And No, I... You know. I, I- I mean, I think we want to see her in the world, right? I mean, like, I don't know. At I think the end that of the, at is... the end of the story, or no, I know, some... no, earlier. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think well, early... I, I'm, I'm certainly open to that. I'm not saying we can't do that. I just was saying that I don't think that that's necessary for this beat to work. But sure, I mean, certainly at some point she could have gone to that world, if only to just check and make sure Tim wasn't fucking her up. She might have done yeah, it, I, you know, or I, I mean, I can think of any number of reasons why she might have gone to well, the no, world I, and tested the, t- I, I the mean, to me, out. that's a really important beat for setting this up. Like, I, I, I think to me, it's just a choice of whether it's her, it's Tim showing her the world or her showing the club member the world, right? Like in the flashback. But, um, mm. like, I think she needs to see it for herself for mm. this ending to work, right? Mm. They were like, like, in other words, and we talked about like how that would resonate with her, right? Because... Right. Well, because um, this is like her own childhood, right? I mean, she was also raised in a very restrictive way. And even though she was eventually let loose into the world, um, she has empathy for these kids. So I think it just... So so earlier in the story, we've seen her see these trap kids, feel empathy for them. Mm-hmm. And it just now feels like very logical as an endpoint for our story that if she's now broken her own shackles and she has still has the address and back door to this world right uh, so so we're saying she has somehow successfully gotten the key or whatever it is and escaped uh the nature world right yeah i mean this is after she's on the run right after she's escaped yeah right um that like what's she gonna do with herself right like again like she's gonna start over or whatever but like it does seem like a, a logical thing for us to show her doing at the end of her story is 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 possibly taking advantage of this back door that she has to free these to free these people yeah um, right that yeah. are trapped the way she was trapped um and i think you know that redeems her a little bit it also feels like a logical thing for her to do with her time and right. she has the means right well she she feels guilty because now she's taken life and so in this way she can sort of restore some Plus, she feels empathy for these people. So, right. It makes a lot of sense that she would want to help them. And I like the idea, like you're saying, of like a little coda. So basically, you know, maybe we're with the uh, club rep. He's getting, you know, his trial is starting or he's getting fucked somehow. And he's angry and he's like, what happened to Zoya? And he sees that she's, you know, gone into the portal room and she's disappeared. And she's gone from this world. And we sort of wrap up with that world. And then there's just like a little meanwhile on this place that we visited once a long time ago you know these two pathetic kids and then she's there and she's like come with me you know or something and you just get a little bit of a sense that you know that she's out there um trying to do good or at least do her own thing yeah i think this can be told in relatively few panels and you'll get you'll you'll put it together yeah um you just want to know that she's now making choices based on what she thinks is right and not what other people want from her well, it's kind of good because, like, when we were uh, creating, uh, like, the rules for this whole universe, like, in, like, the first sort of season we were doing, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, we did talk about like, what would it mean to do good in this world? Like, what would it mean to do charity? And like, one of the few things that we could come up with would be like, oh, yeah, rescuing trapped children that are like, under stuck under onerous permissions. Yeah, that they that they you know, that are keeping them trapped. And so like, it does. Yeah. I'm glad we found like, places to use that. We now have found two places yeah, to use that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally, it totally makes sense. And I think, um, it's a, it feels like, a. it gives the story a little bit of positivity to end on. It's still a rather dark story, but I think it, uh, yeah. But compared to your original short story, I do think this is a little bit of a more up ending. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's just because I like this. As you realize you've been fooled, the end. <laughs> well, in a short story context, that that's a tried and true. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, look, I love that story. I'm not criticizing. I mean, like, like you know, I love Ray Bradbury's short stories, and so many of them just end with the main character dying or something. Like, yeah, and uh, the lions eat the parents. Like, <laughs> yeah, or, or something like that. I'm not, I'm not going to say the name of that one, so you don't know which story I just spoiled for you. But. Oh, I know, I know which one. Um, so yeah, in a short story, that makes sense. Uh, I think what happened here is that we we fleshed out Zoya, and now I kind of like Zoya. So I like, I want something good to happen for. Her, I think is what's happened. But um, yeah, well, no, I mean, I think we uh, we really want to play with who you sympathize with, right? I mean, I think that's a lot of what is going on in this story. And at first you're going to sympathize with Tim, and over time you might lose your sympathy for him, and then eventually you should really lose it. And uh, then you're going to sort of see Zoya as this, you know, evil character, but who is like kind of complex and is pushed into a, the corner. And then hopefully we can re- rehabilitate her a little bit or show how she realized the, the error of her ways anyway, a little bit before this ending. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, we should still also probably elsewhere in the story, maybe the family reunion is for it. Like, you know, represent some some reasonable points of view that people might have in the constellation that aren't uh, like sucked into these like weird webs of uh, yeah <laughs> like, and like whenever tim is like looking for a tip and he's talking to random people like the people he's talking to they're normal people or like whenever yeah whenever it's some part of the story is causing zoya or tim to like go talk to some normal person i think we can represent you know the attitudes kind of like we didn't let go like you know whenever dan is talking to his coworker friend or olivia's talking to her school friends or something they get like a sensible answer back but of course they can't hear it because those characters are obsessed with their yeah shit. it's such a funny problem with like you know these like sci-fi universes because you know when you make like a real world story like you know when you write like a fargo or something where mm-hmm. like tons of awful stuff happens right like yeah everyone's like well you know because that's our world everyone understands that like those are unusually bad things right that's not like the norm (laughs) like that that stuff like that happens like right um i mean yes like the newspapers are like full of crimes every day but like since you mentioned fargo i'm specifically thinking of like you know the two the two uh you know uh bad at their job criminals and how like one of them is even portrayed like as way worse than the other. Right. Like one of them is like shooting the cop just cause he pulled them over or whatever, you know? And then the other one is like the, the one who's not Steve Buscemi is like much more. Yeah. Violent. I can't remember I mean, the I'm other actor sh- for some reason right now, but it's Steve Buscemi and someone else. And yeah, yeah, no, there's, there, there's shades in that, but, but like, my, my, my yeah, point is know. like, you don't, <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't have to like persuade anyone that like 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 I don't know what, what, the when you make that if you tell that same story right let's say you just transplanted that same story into like a like a dystopian looking future right yeah. And and the right, maybe it's yeah, not but a, people would make the assumption that like in the future everyone's a killer or something. Yeah, so, like right. everyone just puts everyone yeah. else in the wood chipper all the time, and that's just like like right. obviously the future is dark and awful, uh, because like that's your only time you've seen that future, so you just extrapolate that just everyone's killing each other all the time. Right. When like you know no, it's just like this when you're telling a story, you make it about conflict, so <laughs> you make it about bad right. things happening. Right. Right, like how um, many times has a person actually gone into a wood chipper in Fargo? You know, probably not very many. <laughs> but that's the story they chose to tell because the normal story about Fargo, North Dakota is like some people are cold. The end. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I, yeah, and I and and again because I do think that's something I didn't th- we didn't quite achieve in let go. So I just want to make sure that like when people finish reading our graphic novel, uh, they feel like, wow, that was like a really that was a really fucked up club and uh, Tim did some really fucked up things and like Zoya also, but like, like, you know, it's not a world of fucked up people. <laughs> it's just right. Right. We have to, yeah, we have to work hard to make sure that even though we're focusing on this fucked up corner of the constellation, that there's like clarity that most people are fine in it. You know, I think, yeah, that's I mean, this, be this is a very unusual set of circumstances in this in the constellation i think but that's Um, the idea right we're trying to think of like yeah if you if you take away all of these normal constraints then what kinds of tragedies can still happen (laughs) so yeah well for the you know and like you know you gotta you gotta make it interesting like i mean you know maybe if there's ever a a second book we can make it a slice of life in the constellation where like not much happens and people just well i do think yeah i do think like some of the worlds that we've conceived of when we're when we're writing the script i think we'll have occasion to create some little slices of life in those worlds and then if any of them turn out to be particularly like potent or interesting um then maybe that becomes you know the subject of a of a next whatever like the next story would be whether that's another comic book or whatever but like you know i would maybe be into like a story that you know really focuses on x or y culture that we you know that we're gonna like sort of touch on in this because this is more about the people who are the most cosmopolitan the most like you know globe trotting i mean it's more than a globe it's you know constellation trotting they're going from point to point they're moving all around they're living this really complex multi-varied life but you know i feel like you know like in the star wars universe they they fly around to all the planets in the movies but then like uh I haven't watched this this new TV show that they're making, so I, I assume it's all in one planet or like. I don't know. Few planets, about it. like it just from the shots that I've seen of it, it sort of appears like it's all in like a kind of Western planet. I don't know if it's Tatooine or some other similar Western planet, but I don't know. I just think like you know, it's okay to have a corner of the universe, but I think this story is supposed to sort of introduce the universe, so we want to get like a. We want to get like an overview, but yeah, I agree. I think as we, uh, as we keep working on this, if it makes sense to, we could, we could expand the stories into like the more, what is day to day life like in a world with X rules kind of questions. 
as we're talking about it today too, like we have a lot of religions and cults and clubs and things. And like, I, I think that's becoming a theme, like sort of like exploring these belief systems, which makes sense. Cause like the, or the constellation allows you to really live those beliefs right. um, in a way that's not as, as easy in our world. And as we pointed out, um, it also like is a world where the fact of, uh, advanced, you know, of, uh, superior intelligence is like, uh, pretty much guaranteed so there's more reason to like a, a god is not a it's not a question oh, whether yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. god there is definitely a god of some kind whether it's a machine or an alien or a whatever it's some kind of a god and it's well, running things so well that it, that explains the religions but that doesn't explain why the club is so awful or why this like cult that uh, tim stumbles into is so awful like that, that that's just people doing it because they can right no, that's so just like, garden variety but, like a, a human sadism right yeah. right right so yeah. i i do think we need to make sure though right. that like since we have some things that are especially when we're talking about them in the abstract on this podcast some things that are like superficially similar i think we should try to like push those apart like for example the naturalist world is i think the most logical one well, we should we should maybe push to make them pretty sympathetic. I think because mm. it would be very easy to make them all super culty and weird. Obviously, that's a weird ideology they have. It's I, I was bit... certainly conceiving of them as culty and weird, so that would I'd have to adjust. That's interesting. Well, just because I'm thinking it could be start to feel redundant. Right? You don't like want the them club... to be similar to the club, or you don't want them to be similar to that other planet. That to is... both. I mean, I'm just listing these things, and I it's see. like we have so many that are just like culty weird things like i think they should feel they should feel different and i think um right well but they can be culty in very different ways though too i think yes right. i agree that they should feel different exactly how what dimensions on which they feel different i'm not sure but yeah i definitely agree like if one is like super into worshiping the leader then it makes sense that the next one should like not have a leader and have an object or so you know like right right have a completely different culty uh, uh, conceit, <laughs> but I, but like I guess like I want to again I want to show ways to live that are sympathetic where we can because I think like the easier thing is to not do that so like like we know we know for the, our story to even work like the club has to be a certain amount evil for uh, the, the right. way we but the club by definition doesn't have like that many members it's very secretive oh, and exclusive. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, yeah. but just to finish. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the way that the uh, we've written the um, the the first trial, right? That like cult, like that like obscure cult planet, like that cult leader has to be a certain amount evil for that beat to work as well. So like those are kind of givens. Those two, I think, yeah, that they, they don't work any other way. Right. The other culture that we know we immerse ourselves in uh like or one of them is this naturalist world it's not as obvious that they have to be evil right. they I have think. to be or, strict i think but they don't have to be evil right like they could be like i think we should paint them as sort of nuanced and like sympathetic and like like you know this is a choice like i wouldn't make the choice right. to like i guess yeah i see death, them as but... being more close to like puritans than to like um jonestown cult members you know like like this world where like the father is keeping his children hostage like feels more like jonestown cult or something really crazy and the the club feels more like scientology or like masonry or something like not super crazy but maybe a little bit evil or something you know um uh but the 
the naturalist world, I feel like, is maybe more like Puritans. Like, they've got this set of beliefs. They're very strict about them. But inside that set of beliefs, as long as you're kind of towing the line on that, they're actually quite ordered. They're quite nice. They're quite generous. They're quite, you know, they pull together. They have a good community. They just, like, they don't, they don't, have any room for deviation on this particular thing like that's they're just very strict yeah and like strictness isn't the same as evil right like strictness can still be benevolent basically it's just like a way of being it's just a choice yeah i I just want to flag that i i want to make sure they're not like too much of a caricature and like you know the other um subculture that I comes to mind that I know we're showing is the uh the sort of like maker world or world building college right. and that's another one where I feel like um that shouldn't be too I mean, culty I, mean, I don't that, think that yeah. one's less obviously like in long those lines but yeah. like yeah I I think that we should sh- that's an opportunity to show life in the constellation basically functioning well as yeah, intended. yeah yeah like, yeah like like I don't I, mean, I don't intend to like surely the... parody like like the life of like an art college or something and like really like right. push it like it's like it's some sort of satire like I'd like to make that and all the opportunities that we have like that to show normal life, like feel like normal life that's working. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can feel like a little bit of a satire of an art college or like a kind of hip art scene in a city or something, uh, without feeling like it's a dystopia or without, you know, like the, you can thrive and be very happy in those places, you know, uh, even in our world. So yeah, I would think that for most people, for people who aren't Tim and aren't Zoya, the maker world is like basically a, a kind of paradise. I mean, if you're super into making stuff and basically what you're given is like time resources and, you know, nearly unlimited abilities to practice your, your skills and a whole bunch of peers to like give you feedback and compete with you and, um, inspire you. I mean, that sounds really good <laughs> to me uh i think that for most people that would be a really positive thing you know zoya and tim are have a complicated relationship to it because they both have their own kind of exterior things going on whether it's you know wanting to be in the club and wanting to to like sort of use world building as a way to get in or whether it's like your parents and wanting to please them and having uh the club and your success be all wrapped up in that you know, so for them, maybe it's not great, but everybody else there should definitely be like having a good time. Like no one's being held there against their will. Anyone who doesn't like it anymore just leaves. So everyone is there is selected for people who are really enjoying it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like people basically like that's just one example. Like I'd like people yeah, to read no, the, a good one. the graphic I mean, novel and feel like, oh, if I were in the constellation, I know where I'd fit in and it would be kind of cool to like be part of this community or something. Yeah. Um, as, as we're talking, we, we should wrap up soon, but as I, I just had one other thought, as we're talking about our um, story and as a whole now that we can see it all, mm-hmm. um, it is starting to occur to me like, oh, what are the things that we, that didn't make it in? Like our cool ideas that didn't make it in mm. and- mm. I don't have like a full rundown of those. I'd have to check our notes, but I. What's popping in your head though? The thing that's popping in my head is like um, the the science of it, like the idea of people trying to hack the constellation and trying to like 
push the envelope and like push the boundaries and like see what you can and can't do. And along those lines too, like the belief systems that are more like trying to find the, the root user inside the constellation. I think some of that stuff that's like, um, really engaging with like pushing the boundaries of a simulation. Yeah. Um, yeah, whether it's again trying to like figure out how the simulation works or like worshiping a simulator, I don't know that. I guess the defaultists kind of represent that, but like I don't know. There's some of that stuff that I think is really cool texture though. I don't know if we've found if we've worked in. Yeah, those are good things to think about. I don't have a thought off the top of my head of where those things go, but I bet we will find some places for that as we fill in some of the more minute details of Tim's quests and stuff like that. And and the flashbacks as well. I mean, we we also have those uh, those cities, those big city worlds. Right, right. Which we should definitely at least touch on. We want to see some of those larger worlds. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, you know, well, some something to come back to. But it's kind of nice now that we have the full view to see like what are we missing, right? Yeah. Um, and where can we put it? Yeah, and so. I, I do think we have enough holes that we'll find places for that stuff. But I agree, that's a good thing to do. Um, we should, we should at some point probably make a list of of everything that we haven't found a spot for, and just read over everything and see if we can find any places to stick things in. We should also make a list, I think, of just like every location we're currently using, because I'm not sure I totally know. Um, that might tell us some stuff as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. So we are going to be taking a short break after this episode. So, uh, we won't have uh, a new episode next week. Um, but in two to three weeks, uh, I think you can expect us to be back. And when we come back, we are going to present, um, a completed outline, which will basically be everything we just went over over the last, you know, several episodes cleaned up and organized. And then uh, we will be embarking on the next part of this journey, which is going to be uh, generating a first draft script. So that's going to be a real um, exciting and uh, terrifying process. And we look forward to having you join us for that. All right. Until next time. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.